0: kind of a prerequisite for for working at the Port Moody Library, you have to be
1: one with the puns. Welcome to Keep It Fictional, a weekly podcast for book lovers, by book lovers. Build your to-be-read list with Sadie, Liz, Virginia, Fiona, and Corrine from the Port Moody Public Library. Warning, this podcast contains strong opinions and may cause an increase in your library holds list.
0: Welcome back to another Port Moody Public Library Book Chat. Now, before we reveal what books we'll be talking about today, let's take a look at who's on our panel again.
2: It's us again! (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought? It's so different! Oh my
3: gosh! I'm wearing a a different different
0: shirt. shirt. To make it look like we actually, you know, have other clothes besides our sweats. You know? I don't
4: own um, any sweatpants.
0: That's... I feel very sad for
4: you <laughs> <hearing that. laughs>
0: We need to rectify that, Corrine. Um But before we go shopping, today we will be talking about books by a Black author. I don't know about everybody here, but did you also really struggle with choosing just one book? It's awful. It was a
4: nightmare. A nightmare. So hard. There are no easy categories.
0: Nope. But... These are our picks for you all today, so we hope you'll enjoy them. And
3: we'll start today with Fiona. The book I chose is called March. This is an autobiographical graphic novel of Congressman John Lewis with Andrew Aiden, illustrated by Nate Powell. It spans three volumes and tells the story of Lewis's early life and his involvement in the civil rights movement, focusing on the Freedom Riders. Lewis first learned of Martin Luther King Jr. and nonviolent protest through a comic book called Martin Luther King and the Montgomery Story. So it's fitting that this story takes that form. In book one, we learn about Lewis's upbringing on a cotton corn and peanut farm in Pike County, Alabama. He learns to read early, studies hard, and wants to be a preacher. But a trip through the, the segregated South to unsegregated Buffalo, New York, changes his point of view forever. He becomes more aware of the injustices around him and frustrated with the church's lack of input on the subject. After hearing a speech from Martin Luther King Jr. on the radio, Lewis decides to continue with his plans to study at seminary school, but commits himself to fighting for racial justice and social change peacefully, despite his parents' frequent warning to keep his head down. Lewis eventually joins Martin Luther King Jr. in the Freedom Rides of 1961, a movement that challenged segregated bus facilities. His work as chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee leads him to become one of the big six leaders of the civil rights movement and an instrumental figure in the planning of the March on Washington. Now, I love reading about the American civil rights movement, but it's not something I really find easy to put in context. I'm not good at American geography and segregation is pretty difficult to imagine, despite the fact that the last segregated school in Canada didn't close until 1983 and it was in my own home province of Nova Scotia. These graphic novels help provide visual context and the autobiographical aspects make it feel all the more real. Now, when I go into a diner that harkens back to the sixties, I don't just picture the poodle skirts and leather jackets of Greece. I think about what it would have meant to perform a nonviolent sit-it in a place like that. I think about the fact that 60 years ago, there might have been a sign on the door that read Whites Only. This is one of my all-time favourite graphic novels. It's a great read for almost any age, and will appeal to those who already love graphic memoirs, or those who are history readers. But if you're looking to learn more about Black history, get into graphic novels, or want to try something outside of your comfort zone. I guarantee this will be an impactful read.
0: Thanks, Fiona, my fellow graphic novel aficionado. It sounds like a great compilation by John Lewis there. Now we're going to switch gears to a different genre, but also by a Black author. And next up is Corrine.
4: Yes, I am very excited to be representing genre fiction today, I think, along with some of our other picks. But I am choosing a mystery And the book that I am choosing to promote today is Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett. It is first in a series. The series is called Detective by Day Mystery. And it is about Dana Anderson. And everywhere she goes, whether she is shopping or a gas station or in the washroom, people come up to her and ask, do I know you from somewhere? Are you famous? And no, you don't know her from somewhere, you didn't go to high school with her, and is she famous? That is a little bit debatable. So a couple years back, uh, Dana starred in a very lucrative, very famous chicken ad. Think of like your what's up kind of heights of commercial success and recognition, but unfortunately, her career has fizzled a little bit since then and she is a bit stuck and stalled out in L.A. Her parents are also a bit in financial straits and Dana is struggling to even put gas in her car. So going back to the chicken ad seems pretty good right now if they will have her. However, one night coming back from with her friends, she witnesses a hit-and-run that ends in the death of the pedestrian that is struck. When Dana learns of the $15,000 reward posted for any information that leads to the solving of the case, she decides to pick up a little PI work on the side. After all, there are weirder things that struggling actresses have done for money. She teams up with an oddball PI to track down the clues and the culprits while attending a few movie premieres, doing some vintage shopping, and maybe finding love. The closest equivalent that I can kind of describe this to is the Janet Ivanovich Stephanie Plum series. It's snappy and funny and I love that it really shows you the less glamorous, more working side of LA um dana is such like a warm genuine character but she's so funny and the author kelly garrett is a tv writer um who lives in la so you deaf that comes across so well in the book like you would love to watch this particular series of dana anderson mysteries it could run for 11 seasons it could be the next murder she wrote it's just so fun so if you're looking for like a smart, snappy, cozy mystery to pick up, I would definitely suggest looking into this series.
0: Great. Thank you, Corrine. You're welcome, Liz. I love
4: how you name-dropped Murder, She
0: Wrote. So that's high praise, in my opinion, for your book. Oh,
4: Murder, She Wrote is the greatest series of all time. Jessica Fletcher is the best detective, hands down, best human being that we are, have been graced with.
0: I feel like we could do a whole episode on that, but we're going to have to move on right now. And next up, I believe we have Virginia.
2: Now for something completely different. Um, So I picked The Prey of Gods by Nikki Drayden for this category. And this is her debut novel. Um, Nikki Drayden, I read one of her other books, and she's probably going to be the person that I read everything and anything that she writes. Um, She's amazing. I don't know where to begin to tell you about this book, because this is just the most banana pants book that I've ever read in my life. One of the most banana pants, just like her other book. Um, So this, maybe you can tell from the cover, it's science fiction. It is set in future South Africa, um, where... You've got like a lot of new technology going on, there's renewable energy, there is like genetic engineering industry booming in this little town called Port Elizabeth. Everybody has a personal robots and all sorts of great technology. So it's a science fiction, but it is also a fantasy because in the midst of this is where a demigoddess decides it is time for her to come back to the world and reclaim her power and show herself so that people can worship her. It is fantasy science fiction. I don't know. It's a genre bender for sure. So the story has sort of from the point of view of five different characters. We have Moosey, who is a teenager raised in a very traditional family, and he is... You know, experimenting as a teenager with drugs and, you know, other things and also try to discover his own sexuality and and having a lot of feelings for his best friend Elkins. And he's not really sure how that's going to go, because if he comes out, he know his family will probably be disappointed in him and that. He might lose a best friend, so he's not really sure what's going on with that. Then there's Numbula, who discovers with the help of this really strange, creepy man in town that she's not just a human and that she has these special powers and she's trying to learn how to control it and also decide what she wants to do with this power that she has. Then we have Rhea, a pop singer. She's at the top of her career. She's going to have like the biggest concert in Port Elizabeth. Everybody loves her. Everybody knows her songs. But she has multiple sclerosis. And so she's trying to hide that from everybody. The only person that knows about it is a drug dealer who is supplying her with drugs to numb the pain. And so she doesn't really know how long she can do this for. Then there's Wallace Stoker, a rising politician. Everybody thinks he is so good he should run for a premier, and he's having pressure from everywhere for him to go the next step, especially from his mother. But all he cares about is to nail this audition so that he could become the opening act for Rhea as Felicity Lyons, the next pop diva that is going to dazzle the world with her song, her voice, and her dance moves. That's all he cares about. So he's trying to figure out, well, do I go with my own dreams or do I go with my mother's dreams? So with all of that, of course, there's also Sydney. Sydney, the aforementioned demigoddess who's trying to take over the world. During the day, she works at a nail salon trying to make ends meet, and she can use her mind-reading power to find the best the most complimentary shade of nail polish for all the clients so that they can look fabulous. But at night, she is trying to grow her power one murder victim at a time because there's only two ways a God can get power. One is by faith, by inspiring faith, by making people believe in you. Or you can inspire fear. And of course, that's the easier route, according to her. So she's going to choose that. And so it's up to the other four characters to try to figure a way to deal with Sydney, this rising goddess. And also, did I mention that there's also robots? Robots who are maybe becoming sentient and that they are probably staging an uprising right now. This book is, as I said, banana pants. It is just so crazy. There's, like I, I was like, how do, you, how do you come up with this stuff? She is so good at coming up with fresh and new ideas. The book is hilarious. Um, so if you think you have read everything in speculative fiction, if you think you know all the trope, the storylines, I would suggest give this one a try. I bet you'll find something new to you. So this is The Prey of Gods by Nikki Drayden.
0: Wow, that does sound um, banana pants, for lack of a better word. But, yeah, very interesting. It sounds fascinating, all these different storylines. And now let's see what Sadie has in store for us.
1: All right. So I've liberated the book from under my cat, uh, who had decided that she was also a fan of uh, my pick today. Uh, So I am going to be talking about A Blade So Black by L.L. McKinney. And uh, this is the author's debut novel. And it tells the story of Alice, Um, Or Allison, but uh, most commonly known as Alice. And the night that Alice's father died, uh, in shock, Alice runs out of the hospital, hides herself in an alley to deal with her pain. Um, She looks up to discover that a monstrous creature is sitting in front of her. And this monstrous creature looks like it is not very happy and it is going to attack her. So just as it jumps up to kill Alice, this young man appears and kills the creature right in front of her. Alice is a little bit stunned. Um, She's still dealing with her grief and now she is dealing with a monstrous creature that has just been killed by someone who appeared out of nowhere right in front of her. Uh, So this young man who introduces himself as Addison Hatta introduces Alice to the world of Wonderland. Now, Wonderland many years ago was this beautiful dreamscape world uh, ruled by the Queen of Hearts. She had three beautiful daughters. Um, It was just a wonderful place, but then tragedy struck the royal family. In an attempt to gain back what the queen lost, she tries to get power and unfortunately becomes corrupted by that power. Uh, turning her into the Black Queen and causing Wonderland to go through a horrifying and devastating war. Now, uh, the Queen's daughters, the White Queen and the Red Queen, do uh, manage to defeat their mother. They bring Wonderland back from this um, this horrible, horrible time. Now, present day, Alice is taken by Addison and she is trained to be what is called a dreamwalker. Now, because of everything that happened in Wonderland, they have what are called nightmares. And these are human created nightmares that take on a physical manifestation of a monstrous type creature. So now that um, Alice is a full-time dreamwalker, she goes into Wonderland and she defeats these creatures. However, Alice has decided that it's probably time for her to retire. Her mother is getting increasingly worried. Um, in Alice's parallel life as a regular teenager, um, her mother gets very, very concerned. And then in a Black teenager is shot and killed by the police in Atlanta. And this causes her mother to worry even more that Alice is going to be the next person. Uh, so Alice decides it is time for her to retire. So she goes and she goes to tell Addison that she's retiring only to find that Addison has been poisoned and it is up to Alice to try and find out how she can cure Addison. Uh, So now she is having to navigate Wonderland once again at the same time as having to navigate her regular life as a teenager in Atlanta Um, and she goes on this journey through Wonderland in order to save Uh, Addison and save the Kingdom of Wonderland which they're realizing is in much more trouble than they thought it was. Um, This book is described uh, by a lot of people as a mixture between Buffy, Vampire Slayer, and uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, The character of Alice is often compared to the character of Buffy Summers. It's a really fun read if you are familiar with Alice in Wonderland because you get a lot of all very obvious references, as well as a lot of very kind of subtle references. So, if you're familiar with the poetry um, of Lewis Carroll and Alice in Wonderland, you'll find a lot of references there. Um, it's fun trying to figure out which characters are which characters from the original story. Um, Addison Hatta, I think, is pretty—it's uh, pretty obvious who who he is from the original. Um, but yes, it's a very fun read, uh, it's the first of a series, which as I'm sure everybody knows by now, I love a good series, uh, so I have not read uh, the rest of them, I just finished one of this one a few weeks ago, so I'm very excited uh, to read the rest of them and see what happens in Wonderland.
0: So changing gears again, um, but still sticking with uh, the category Books by a Black Author, um, today I have a little something different for you for my pick. Now this one is a graphic novel series. Well, if you can call two books a series, and it's called Check Please by Ngozi Ukazu. Um, Now this, I gotta warn you, this series um, is different from the type of book I normally read. So if you've been tuning into our book chats, you'll know that um, I tend to read books that are uh, sad or very contemplative. Um, Not your usual happy, joyful books. However, Check, Please is the complete opposite of this. It is joyful. It is full of sports, hockey, which I love. Um, It's got romance in it. Hits lots of points that I don't usually get out of other books. And that was incredibly refreshing for me. Um, So Check, Please centers around Eric Biddle aka Biddy, because of course in the sports world, everybody has to have a nickname. Um, And he, oddly enough, is a figure skater who has somehow ended up playing college hockey. So he's, of course, nervous about this change. So not only has he moved from out of state to go to college um, in a completely new place where he doesn't know anybody, but let's just say physically he isn't what you'd call traditionally built to be a hockey player he is built to be a figure skater so he's not only nervous about whether he will fit in off the ice with his teammates living in their house which is like a frat house uh, slash hockey team house Um, but he's also nervous about his performance on the ice and whether um he'll physically be able to survive those trials However, through his love of baking uh, and his kind nature, he does win over his teammates who realize what a great person he is as well as a team player. And this really lifts Biddy up. Now he's assimilating into college life really well, fitting in with the team. And this is where the romance element comes in. So Biddy develops a crush on his team captain, Jack Zimmerman, who is uh, an all Canadian guy. Now he comes from a hockey family and he's slated to be um, a star being drafted into the big leagues. So the unnamed big leagues here, which I think most of us uh, know what that is. However, um, Biddy's not sure about Jack's sexual orientation. So he's kind of coming to terms with um, this, these budding feelings. also his own sexuality and how that will affect his relationship um, with Jack as captain on the ice as well as that of his teammates. So Biddy's going through a lot but as I mentioned this is a feel good book, a feel good series. Book two was recently released um, earlier this year and it's called Sticks and Scones and where you'll get to continue on with the story of Biddy. not going to give anything away but uh, you definitely get lots more bitty, lots more baking, and lots more hockey.
1: I have to say, I, I quite like sticks and scones. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of the pun title. So
4: that's good. That's good. Or and yet you heard. don't read cozy mysteries, which are all puns. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. I can appreciate a good pun title, though,
1: even if I don't read it.
0: Kind of a prerequisite for For working at the Port Moody Library, you have to be (laughs) one with the puns. I want to thank everybody for joining us as we talked about some amazing books. We hope you'll join us next
1: week for another book chat. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please tell a fellow book lover about it. You can find a list of all the books we discussed in our show notes. Join us next week for another fun book chat. Until then, Keep it fictional!